When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hi, this is Tom Cock. Welcome to Talking Real Money, a fascinating topic for me, for many of our clients, and I think should be for you is, and don't tune out when I say these two words, retirement income. Will my money last? And even if you're years from retirement, it's something to start thinking about for several reasons. But before I get into all that and the reason why I want to discuss that today, let me give you two anecdotes about this that might be of interest. Now, in our classes for the last 25 years, we have showed people if you had this amount of money and you invested it a certain way, looking back over a long period of time, would my money have survived? If you were aggressive, if you were moderate, if you were conservative and you took out a fixed percentage or a variable, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that in, the, in a few minutes, would my money have lasted? And, you know, we could show you good markets, bad markets, et cetera, et cetera, different rates you're taking the money out and give you some pretty clear examples about what would have happened. Remember, all of this <laughs> depends on the future and none of us know the future, sadly. But in one case, I, and I think I have the numbers right. If you, if you invested, you took out a fixed amount and the market was perfect for you for a period of 30 years or so, you ended up with somewhere around $25 million. And people thought, wow, I could have end up handing off $25 million. And my, my take always was, boy, just think, after you're gone, your friends, or pardon me, your family and your charities will love you. Aha, small laugh. But the bigger laugh was when a gentleman <laughs> raised his hand in the back and said, Tom, you've got it all wrong. I want the last check I write to bounce. Pause for laughter. And so when recently I read an article written by Glenn Ruffinock, I hope I'm saying that right, Glenn. I apologize. In the Wall Street Journal, he takes questions and tries to answer people's retirement questions. Someone wrote him and said, my wife and I have no children. Our goal is to die broke. How would we do this? Now, he points out that this is not the first time this has come up. There's been books written about it. 1997, Die Broke by Stephen Pollan and Mark Levine popularized the idea that you whittle your estate down to zero before you pass it on. Their thinking, by the way, was work is more fulfilling, more lucrative than leisure, which I happen to agree with. I love my work. I have no trouble getting up every day of the week and, and doing something that involves my work. And he also points out there's other books. One written called Live Well, Die Broke by Tony Walker. Another one, Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Now, here's their point in these authors. People have a tendency, and I agree with this, to, to fixate on the money they're saving and the money they're making on those savings in retirement. They oftentimes think there's a wall between the day they quit working and the next part of their life when it comes to money, which is, which is a, a misunderstanding. I think most people that we work with that we know uh, and many of you are going to need to still make money on your money in retirement and not just say, oh, I'm, I've retired now, put it all in bonds or put it all in cash or something else that's going to be a lot less risk than stocks. Most people need to have some 
stock exposure. And Glenn also points out that uh, that there's other ways to do this if you really wanted to spend down the money. One would be taking a hunk of your money and putting it into an immediate annuity, right? In other words, this is going to be an immediate fixed annuity. It's going to pay you a certain amount every month, and that part pays the bills. That pays your housing costs. That pays your light bill, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have another bucket that you put the money into and you take distributions off that with the idea that you're spending it down. But those are the big ticket items. These are the vacations. These are the stuff for grandkids. These are the stuff for charitable gifts, spoiling other people, that kind of stuff. I think I read recently a very well-known actor gave away like $15 million in a million dollar increments. Hey, I wish I was his friend. So you have these two different buckets, right? One is invested for growth and hopefully you're spending that down more quickly the other one's paying the bills i don't think that's a bad idea at all in fact i think you could do similar thing by adding social security to the first bucket and then having the second bucket which is aggressive because it's in stocks and you hope that you're making a lot and you're spending a lot there i don't think those are bad ideas but here's the things that come up with us often about retirement income and again, I'll give you a second anecdote, a very well-known national planner that uh, that speaks to a big platform. I went and heard her speak once, and she said that the only correct withdrawal rate will be known after you're gone, which is absolutely true. There's no way to for sure write that last check to bounce unless it's a very large check if, or, or if you just weren't much of a saver or an investor. But the question generally from people comes up like this. Number one, does the 4% rule still work? You know this number, if you've been around the business at all, or you've heard about retirement planning, that you can take out 4% of your retirement assets if it's sort of uh, moderately invested and the money will last. Will that work into the future? Well, we don't know because it, it certainly in the past it's worked, but bonds were paying you a little bit more. We've had a period of very, very good stock markets the last 40 years that that have helped, right? We don't know what the next 40 may hold. But in a general sense, if you take out four, and you already know this, and you're moderately invested, the money should not only last, but you wouldn't be touching much of the principal. The question to you is, in retirement, are you willing to see the volatility that comes along with that? Are you willing to see your portfolio go down by 20 to 25% in value? If you raise your hand to that and say, no way, absolutely not, then you probably need to have more in bonds than in stocks and 4% may or may not work. Number two, what is the magic number? How much do I need to have saved? And this has come up more, I think, with the FIRE movement, especially lately, because I want to quit earlier if you uh, adhere to their beliefs, right? How much do you need to have set aside? I've heard Larry Swedro, who's somebody I think you should know and trust, say you really out of 25 times your income set aside. That's a big number for many, many people that may or may not work. And I don't know that that can, takes into consideration what your Social Security benefit really is, how much you're planning on spending, and whether or not you have a pension. And then the other one comes up is sort of how to do this. How do I go about getting the money out? And we have for years in our classes showed a variable withdrawal strategy, sort of pay yourself more when the market pays you more. I know our friend uh, Paul Merriman does that personally and has recommended it for a long time. And that allows you to be more aggressive in the great year. So one year, this again has a, a line I've mentioned at classes many times. One year you're taking the gang to Hawaii. The next year you're taking them to fill in the blank local fishing hole, swimming hole, pardon me. 
difference of, uh, in spending. Some people say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to know I'm getting a set amount every month. And that would be a fixed withdrawal. Again, assigning a number to your portfolio saying, send me this much every six months or so. That involves rebalancing. So earlier this year, you would have been selling bonds, taking some of those winnings off the table and giving them. But or it's, pardon me, paying yourself with those. But here's a couple other ideas that Glenn mentioned in his article, which I think bear some reasonable consideration. He says, maybe you could divide your money into two buckets. Bucket one, you put into an immediate fixed annuity. And you know, when I say annuities, it makes my heart race a little bit. But in this case, an immediate fixed annuity is not an unreasonable option. You're putting that money in there and that pays the day-to-day bills, Right. That covers the basic needs for the rest of your life. I think that's very reasonable. You go away, the annuity goes away. That's okay. Then you have the second bucket, which is the fun stuff, right? This is where you're going to spoil your grandkids. This is where you're going to go on vacation. This is when you're going to make charitable deductions, charitable contributions, I should say, and deductions as well. And you're going to take that money and you're going to invest it more aggressively, And you're hoping there you're going to hit a home run somewhere along the way, make a lot of money, but it can allow you to give that away and you come up with a strategy that allows you to spend that down over time. So instead of taking 4% a year out, maybe you're taking six or seven or even eight and you're spending down the principal. There really is no one way to do any of this. And by the way, um, most of the time for retirement income, I think you can have a bucket that you simply rebalance when things go up. And certainly the last month and a half have been indicative of this. For example, there may be a need to rebalance uh, selling some of your small value stock, selling some of your international emerging markets have been on a huge run, selling some of those things, pocketing the money and paying yourself out of that way, living off of the gains, which I think really could make sense in the long haul. But I want to close this out by saying there's a ton of there's a ton of evidence about how all this works, but we really don't know. And uh, that planner that I mentioned earlier is absolutely right because the future could look completely different than the past. What you really need at any age, I think after the age of 50, is a retirement plan that does look at how much money you're going to spend in retirement, what sources of income you're going to have in retirement, social security, pension, savings, all of those things. And then Use a planner to put that all in a computer model, and there's all kinds of planning available today. It's something we obviously do at Vestry a lot uh, that's associated with talking real money. You get that plan, and that puts you on some sort of, uh, of method of saving and investing, especially after 50, because you're getting into kind of the retirement red zone. I think that's a place to start. There is no one exact strategy for all of this but i think again having a plan and getting started on that plan and by the way that's something we're glad to do for you to get started at uh, at vestry it's a regular service we had a couple of you call last week when i mentioned this so go ahead and send a contact us form we'll be glad to make sure that you're doing everything to pull for your for your future for your retirement and uh, again Thank you for listening to Talking Real Money. We're glad to have you here each and every day. I'm Tom Cobb. Talking Real Money. 
We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.